<clears throat> well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 301, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, number 301. says, My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. And I hope we understand all about that today, having a faith, pure faith, that we look up to Jesus Christ for all the help that he has to offer to us. And then he says, Now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away. And is that what we are praying and we are asking for daily? That our sins may be taken away. That the guilt of sins might be out of our life. That we're using 
his power, that we have the faith in him that he can give us knowledge and strength and understanding and power to overcome Satan here upon the earth. And that should be a wonderful thing in our mind, wonderful that we should be thinking about. What can we do today? How can we draw closer to him and put the things of this world farther away? That is all that we look at here, all that we touch, all that we can see, all that we can feel. It's temporary. This life that we have here is temporary. But that eternal part will last forever and ever. And that's what we need to be seeking. We need to be working. We need to be looking for and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Keep that in mind that our faith looks up to thee, thou blessed Lamb of Calvary, the one that died on that cross, the one that we talked so much about last week, about what he did for us, for you and for me, was what he did when he died on Calvary there for us, and he overcame all things. What a wonderful love that that is that we can see and that we can know and we can be a part of it today. I want to encourage each and every one of us in his word, in his truth. And let's be at one. If we are at one with Jesus Christ, we will be at one with God the Father. And we will be at one with his people here upon the earth. And we will be a part of the bride that he is preparing to meet him. Are we where we need to? Are you prepared today to meet Jesus Christ face to face? Are you prepared for that? We can be. And then that can be the greatest day of our life. That that can be all taken, that the things of this world be taken away, and we can see victory. Victory in Him, not in our own works, but victory in Jesus Christ. I think we'll read some this morning. Turn to Luke, and I believe we'll read some there. This is the 8th chapter of Luke. We'll read a few verses here in the 7th chapter of Luke. Let's start reading here at the 43rd verse of the 7th chapter of Luke. It says, Simon answered and said, I suppose that he who he forgave most And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Christ asked him a question. He asked him, he he gave him a parable there of two different people. He said one he owed just a little bit and the other he owed a lot to a man. He had two debtors. And he said that he frankly forgave them both. And he asked Simon there, he says, Now which one will love him the most because of what he did? 
And Simon answered him, and he said, Whom thou forgave most, he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. You know, in our own mind, we ought to be able to see and know and understand those things. And the Lord just used that because Simon and some of these people there, they were not pleased with something that had just taken on, taken place there, how I believe it. How he had been, how he had forgiven, and how this lady, I believe it was Mary, that had come and she had broken the alabaster box of very precious ointment on them. And some had some, some things to say about that, derogatory things to say about it. But Jesus was just asking them a question. And he said that he, he knew that what he had done for this woman, she was a sinner. And she, he had forgiven great sins for her. And then he said, and he turned to the woman, and he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman, and I want us to think about this. Visualize these things in your mind, and see what was taking place there, here. He had this event that had taken place. Somebody had said something against what was happening. And Jesus wanted them to understand what he had done and what the power that was there right among them and what was taking place. And can we see that today? How that there are people, there are people right here in our midst there here today that has been given tremendous sins in their life. Some have lived a different life maybe and never got into involved in some of the things. They had that original sin in them, but they never got involved in the sins that some others that have been right here in this building today. But the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ is available there and it had been and it has forgiven both if they have been, if they have come there and, and submitting to Jesus Christ, he's forgiven both of them. His love there was for both. And that's what he was wanting this Simon to understand here. And he turned, he told him first, he says, you have judged properly. Now he turned, he says, see us this woman. I entered into thine house. And thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loveth much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Is that in our life? Think about this right now today. And there's not anybody in this room that if we have received that new birth, that you have been forgiven a great amount. Don't look upon it as... I lived a fairly good life. And yes, I've been forgiven, but look at so-and-so over there. Look at what a vile life that they lived. 
and how they've been forgiven also. But their love, because they have been forgiven that great amount, that great sin that they had been involved in, their love may be greater than ours. And what should it be? We should have just as great a love for him because what he has done that we might be saved and that we might have those sins taken away. It doesn't matter. All sins are great. But he just wanted him to know and to see, look what this woman has done. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? That it doesn't matter who you are and how much you have had sin in your life. He says there are many, but they are now forgiven. But I don't believe I know that she couldn't go on and just continue living in those sins. But he was talking about those sins before she came to him. They were many but he says, now they are forgiven, for she loveth much. She loved Jesus Christ and God the Father because what he had done for her and what he would do for all other people that wanted that. Where is our love? That great love, that charity. Faith, hope, and charity. Charity is the greatest of all of those, and that is that great love for God the Father and the Son. That is the love above all other things here, above the things of this world. It's a love, a pure love. And that's what he had for her, and that's what she had back for him. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven because of the love that she had, the respect she had for what he had done for her what he would do for her as he went on into his, this life here and continued to live a perfect life and continued then on to give his life so that she would be able to have power over those sins. Do we understand this? Can we see what a marvelous work has been done here upon the earth for all of mankind? And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that said it meet with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. And I want every one of us to be able to hear that today. I want us to just to know and to see just what this woman was done. She knew her sins were great. She had such a love for Jesus Christ that she wanted to do what she could to help Him here upon the earth, to honor Him. And then He said, her sins are forgiven. Isn't that something to think? Have you been able to hear that? Have you heard those, that voice, that still small voice from God the Father through Jesus Christ? Thy sins are forgiven. 
Do you understand that? Have you accepted that? Do you know it? You can't have it by doing the things. What she was doing here was just submitting herself to him. And that's what we need to do. And the faith that she had, that he could take those sins away. And they that sat at meet with him began to say, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Do you know who that is? Do you know who this man that they were talking about? Jesus Christ. And what did he say to that sinful woman, that woman that had had so much sin in her life? Thy sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Is each and every one of us in peace with him today? Is that in your life? Peace. The peace that he's talking about here. Have you accepted that? Do you realize what that is? And it came to pass after that he went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him, and certain women which had healed had, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna the wife of Choaz, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Now remember, just all these things were taking place there. Here he was, and what was he doing? What was Jesus Christ doing? He didn't stop there when he committed this wonderful thing and took this woman's sins away. He didn't stop there, but what did he do? It came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, every city and village around in the communities, in the places where he was living there. He preached and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Do we all understand that that is glad tidings to receive the kingdom of God? To hear it, that is glad tidings. There's nothing, people look upon that as that is something that is going to condemn them. It's something that's, oh, this is going to be hard. I don't want to hear these things. But what did the writer hear? Luke was just telling about that Jesus was going out, and what was he preaching? He was preaching and showing. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was telling them about what God wanted them to do, how they wanted to live, and that's what he does to us each and every week. And throughout the week, he'll do the same right in our, he'll place it in our mind and in our heart. The glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve, the disciples, he says, was with him. And others. He comes around and he calls out and he tells that there was women that was there with them, traveling around, and they had a work to do, a part of that ministry there. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Choice, Herod Stewart, and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. This parable has been read 
over and over and over in my lifetime. I have heard it. And, but it is something that we need to keep constantly in front of us. We need to have it be reminded of these things over and over and over so that we will keep them first and foremost in our life. But he goes on now and he, he tells this parable. And I want us to all pay close attention to this parable this morning. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it up. Think about these things. Just get it into our mind what was happening. Now, we don't, use, we don't sow the seed like he did in those days. We'll have some big machine that goes out here, and it starts to sow, and it starts to plant. But, you know, when it very, even with those things, some of this same thing happens. There will be some right when he starts, maybe, and he starts to roll, and the machine is going in gear, but there's seed dropping on the ground, and it's not being put down into the ground where it can germinate. And then as it comes up out of, the, out of the row at the end, it starts rising up again, and there's seeds that fall there on top of the ground just by the wayside. Some of that will take place. And the fowls of the air can come and pick them up. They see those seeds there and they pick them up and they don't germinate. They'll never bring forth any fruit. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And we can see that same thing today in certain areas in fields where there may be rock just right under the soil. And as that, that big machine goes across there and he plants it, and it may spring up, but it doesn't have any root to go down because that rock is there. And the moisture is down deep. And it cannot get there. It came up, but then it withered away because it lacked moisture. It couldn't reach down and get that moisture. And the plant died. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And we see that also in the fields. There may be, as he plants it, they may put spray out now to take care of those things. But some area there maybe didn't get that. And the thorns, the briars, and the weeds come up. The plant comes up but it gets choked out by something other, another plant that was growing too close to it. And it began to take all the nutrients and all the water away from that good plant. And it withered away. It choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. This is an extremely important parable in our life. And I know that we've heard them all of our life. I remember hearing them when I was just a child. This parable. 
But he says there, when he, after he gave that, he cried out in a loud voice, the way I believe I, I see this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he's talking about those spiritual ears. And I want everybody here today, I hope you've got those spiritual ears. And before we leave today, I want you to be able to understand this parable totally, 100%, that you have it in your mind and you understand what he's talking about. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? His disciples there did not understand totally what he was talking about. The one, the twelve that was with him, they didn't understand it. There may be people right in this room here today that does not fully understand it. Let me have your attention. Let God have your attention today. Now. And you have those ears so that you can understand all about this parable. And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Tell them the parables. Let them see them. I'll speak it in parables, because if I just go out here and speak the truth, speak certain things there, they might hear it, but they might not understand. They might hear my voice and hear the things, but I'll tell them to it in a parable so that they can understand more about it and see it and know it. And in teaching people in all manner of things, if we can use an example and show them how something, instead of just telling them how to do it, but if you've got an example here that they're aware of and they're, they're they understand, these people understood how the sower would go out and sow. And that's why he was using that as an example. There may be things that we try to teach in life here today. And if you just take a book and just read it out to somebody, they may not understand it at all. But if you are able then to take that same information and apply it to something that they know themselves, a part of their life, but you can apply the same technology about it, then they are able to understand it. And that's what he was talking about here. Is as he would talk these things and he would teach them by parables so that they would be able to understand what he was talking about. Now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. The Word of God. The sower now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now listen to that. The word is the, the seed is the word of God. That can come from wherever, whatever sower that God has out there. That He is giving the seed to them to sow the seed properly. And this man, was he was there. He had the good seed. He says the good seed is the Word of God. It was not the seed why it didn't bring forth the fruit. 
It was where it fell. It was not the sower. As he sowed, there would naturally be some that might fall in that places. But it was where it was landing is why it did not bring forth fruit. And listen, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. Isn't that something to think about? Isn't that sad to think? They hear. They hear the word. But they do not let it come into their mind. They just hear it. And Satan then, the devil... He is there all around us all the time. He taketh away the word out of their hearts. Satan comes in. And he overcomes the word because you don't want to hear it. You don't want that word. Have no desire for it. He says, lest. They should believe and be saved. That close to being saved. Hearing the word, but not believing. Hearing the word and letting the things of this world just immediately take it out of your mind. Let Satan come in and take it out. And not be saved. Friends, is that in any one of us today that we are hearing the word, we have heard the word, but we are not saved. We have not gone all the way and taken it to Jesus Christ and having full faith in Him and repenting of our sins. That's the Word of God. That's what He's saying for us to do. Now, we allow, are you allowing Satan to just take it out of your mind and never be saved? He said they could, but they let Satan take it right out. They on the rock are they which, when they hear the Word, they receive the Word with joy. And these have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. That's a sad situation to think about. Think about what he's talking about. They on the rock are they which hear the word, receive the word. When they hear, receive the word with joy. Receive the word with joy. They hear the word. They believe it. And they receive it, and it begins to grow. Think about that. I believe that that is someone there that hears the Word. They accept it. They repent. And they have that great joy. And that starts to grow. The plant germinates. Which for a while believe, he says. For a while 
believe. And in time of temptation, fall away. Isn't that a sad thing to think about? That that can happen right there. That on the rock, remember, the roots couldn't go deep. Couldn't get into that moisture. But he says they received the word. It started to grow. And they believed. But when trials and temptations came along, when they were tempted with sin, they didn't have the power of God. They didn't have the, they were not rooted in His power. And they fell away. Terrible thing to think about. That which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares and riches of the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Listen at that one. It fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard they go forth. When they hear the word that plan also came up. It goes forth. And are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. The things that we were talking about right in the beginning of the service. The temporary things here of this life. They see them and they go back to that is what they are interested in. That is what they have a great desire in. And it chokes out that new life. That spiritual life that was beginning to grow. It was small. But it was a light there. You might look at something and you might be in a really cold situation. And you have an opportunity to build a fire. You may have one little match there that you have and you've got some very combustible material there. And that match is lit and it's put on that combustible material. And there's a little light there. There's a little fire. And it begins to start burning. But then... Something comes along. A great puff of wind. And it blows it out. Or it drops something. A bunch of snow falls off of a tree right above it. And puts out the flame. That's kind of what happens here. That spiritual life begins to grow. But it's choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life that people hold greater 
and the care and love of Jesus Christ. And it brings forth no fruit. I want you to stop and think about these three ways that he has talked about here of receiving the Spirit. He's given us four examples. And these first three brought forth no fruit. Think about that. They brought forth no fruit. The Word of God was presented and given to every one of them. But they brought forth no fruit. And He's given us the examples of why. And you know why He's given us those examples? Because that is what is common in mankind. And He's wanting to warn us with His Word so that we will understand and we'll be able to steer clear of this type thing. And we will do as He says here. But that on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it and bring forth fruit to patience. Bring forth fruit with patience. Patience to wait upon the Lord. Patience when the trials and temptations come to just reach into that treasure there. That treasure that is filled with the things of new and old and the Spirit of God. To reach into that and bring out His Word to overcome that temptation. But that which fell among thorns are they, I'm sorry, but that on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, and that's what we've got to have, an honest and good heart, that I am willing to lay aside all of these things that I might have eternal life. Having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And in one place he talks about that. He brings forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. <coughs> but he is bringing forth good fruit. Because he heard the word, he furnished it good ground within this body. And how can you and I furnish it good ground? By submitting to Jesus Christ. He is the one then that will make it to where we will be able to be submissive to Him. He will give us spiritual wisdom and knowledge so that we will be able to grow spiritually and we will be able to abide with Him until the end. I want you to think about that, that Jesus Christ is there. And He's there with that reached out hand. He started a work with you. Just as He started to work here with those that let that Word of God fall on good ground. That was Jesus Christ spreading the Word.
through whoever and however. And it fell on someone who had a desire to bring forth fruit, had a desire to walk with Jesus Christ. And He will be there to help you to overcome until the end. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. What will we do? Listen, he just, again, he tells us, this is what the Spirit of God does. And this is, you don't take that and cover it up. He, no man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed. You wouldn't do those things in that day. And we wouldn't go in today and cut a light on in a room so that people could go and then go and cover that light up if it was a lamp or something there in that room or even one on the ceiling. We wouldn't go and put something over it. Why would we have turned it on to begin with? And that's what he wanted us to see and know and understand. Okay, now, that spiritual light, that spiritual candle is lit within you. Don't cover it up. But let it grow. He says he sets it on a candlestick that they which enter in may see the light. And we should be wanting people to see that spiritual light right within us. Let it grow. Let it bring forth fruit. And be at one with Jesus Christ and the Father. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed therefore how you hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have." These are words that I've been reading here that Jesus Christ spoke. They are red-letter words. Now listen to hear what he says there in that very last part. For nothing is secret. His word is available and is also... And our lives, the things in our lives, it is not... They are being made manifest to Jesus Christ and the Father. Neither anything hid, nothing... That shall not be known or come abroad. Nothing in our life. Now do you want to be, come up at that final day and your sins not be taken away, your sins not be forgiven, as he told the lady that we read about earlier? Do we want to come there having heard the Word and not allowed it to grow. Having heard the Word but never furnishing it good ground, never repenting of our sins, never asking Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Do we want to be at that? Is that the place that we want to be? He says, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. 
Are you taking heed this morning? How you're hearing the word? What are you doing with what is spoken here this morning? Is it just falling by the wayside? Is Satan already there in your mind, got your mind off on something else this morning? And taking it right out? Are you allowing it to germinate? Well, if you're allowing it to germinate, then let's be sure that we are now working that soil under it so that it will be able to grow and bring forth fruit. And what I'm saying about that is if, if that spiritual life is germinated within you, let's furnish it that good ground. Let's keep away from sin. Don't take it into sin. Don't let the cares of this world, the riches of this world, all of those things, choke it out now. But let's be furnishing it that good ground. We hear the Word. Take heed how you hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. He that has received that new birth to him shall be given the power to furnish good ground. The power to overcome sin will be given to you. The power to walk as Jesus walked. And whosoever hath not, whosoever has not repented, has not received that new birth, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Isn't that something to think about? To him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Don't let that happen in our life. Let's have, let's hear the word today. And let's grow. Let it bring forth fruit, good fruit. I believe we'll read a little bit in John. Turn to the 12th chapter of John. Start reading here at the 42nd verse of the 12th chapter. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now look what, what kind of ground. They heard the word. Listen at that. They believed upon him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess, confess him because they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. 
Where was the word following? Where was that word, the truth, the seed falling? Does this sound like maybe that it fell there upon the ground and did not have much to germinate under it, had rock under it? They heard the word and they believed. But because of the Pharisees, because of the rulers, because of the people in high authority, they did not confess him. Do you think that that spirit could grow then within them? They were not confessing. They were not giving it any good ground at all. And what took place? Why? He says they did not confess him. If they didn't confess him, they were never able to bring forth good fruit. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. The pleasures and cares and things of this world had their attention more than the praise of God. What is in our life today, friends? Just listen. Here was people that Jesus was there teaching. He was spreading the word. He was sowing the word to. And they believed. But did not confess him. Did not follow all the way through with what he was asking to be done. Because they loved the praises of men. And they loved the pleasures of this world. More than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me, should not abide in darkness. Whosoever hears his word and believes on him won't be in darkness. And whosoever hears his word and believes on him will bring forth fruit. Basically a, a different way that he's saying it. But he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. If we see and believe in Jesus Christ, we see and believe in God the Father. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now if we believe on him, we will not be in darkness. If we truly believe in him and give it that good ground, we'll bring forth fruit. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. We talk about this a lot. We read about this. I want you all to understand it again. Why? If, if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. He's already condemned. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. 
He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. What is the word? It's the seed that Jesus is spreading. That is his word. That is it's his gospel. It's his commandments. It's his life. If any man hear my words and believe not, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word, the seed that he's spreading, that I have spoken, he is the sower. The same shall judge him in the last day. We talked about being standing before him. Being judged because we heard the word and we rejected it. Don't let that be in us. Hear the word. Accept it wholeheartedly and be at one. And be able to stand him at that stand before him at that final day with confidence. Be able to stand there with him with our sins taken away, clothed in righteousness by the blood of Jesus Christ. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Listen to that again. I know that his commandment, I know today that hearing his word, Following his word, and that's what he's saying when he hears our his when we hear his word, don't reject it. Take hold of it. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even the Father said unto me, so I speak. Remember that seed that was. That seed was the Word. And it was the good seed. It was the Word of God, the Word of Jesus Christ. And it fell there in different places. And today, His seed is falling. His Word is being taught. And it is falling right here today in different ways, different ways, to different people. Where are you today among that? And where am I? I have the opportunity and you have the opportunity to furnish it that good ground and to bring forth fruit and to be able then to know which, what he says there. For I know that his commandment is life everlasting and that's what I want and I have no intention of not being able to obtain that because Jesus Christ died for my sins Jesus Christ lived here upon the earth and he overcame everything so that I could overcome it 
And I am no different from any one of you here today. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Let's hear His word. And I am speaking these words today that Jesus Christ spoke, that He taught His people by so that they could have that everlasting life. I want to read a little more in John here. Let's turn over to the 6th chapter. The 6th chapter. Let's read a little bit. Start at the 26th verse of the 6th chapter of John. And Jesus answered in them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Believe upon him who he hath sent. Believe upon him. This is the work of God. This is the word of God. Let's hear that again. He said there, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, get your attention. You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but saw you because you did eat the loaves and were filled, the worldly things that they were able to receive. He says, that's why you were seeking me. But he went on there and he, he spread the word to them. He says, labor not for the meat which perisheth. Don't let that be your first and foremost thing in your life. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And is that what were we truly seeking him? We hear his word. Now are we truly seeking Jesus Christ that he may give unto us that everlasting life? I want every one of us to be able to have that. Jesus paid for it. It is there for us, my friend. Then said unto him, What shall we do? And I want every one of you, if you don't have that within you today, let that be what you are asking Jesus Christ today. What shall I do that we might work the works of God? Furnish it good ground. Jesus answered and said unto him, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. And that's brings it all right down to its lowest denominator. This is the work of God that you believe on Him 
who he has sent. Who did God send here to the earth? He sent his son. What does he say? He that believes on my son shall have everlasting life. He that hears his word and does them shall have everlasting life. He that hears my commandments and does them shall have everlasting life. He that hears my word and does them, his house will not fall when temptations and trials comes upon him. He's furnishing it good ground. The roots are deep in Jesus Christ. The power of God to overcome. Our fathers did eat manna in, manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gave, giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. That's the bread, the spiritual bread from God. His Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said he unto them, Ever, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. He asked them, they asked him, What shall we do? He told them. And now they're saying, Lord, give us this bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Now, have we heard the word and believe not today? He says there, he's telling these people that. He says, but I have said unto you that you have not seen me and believe not. You also... But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh me I will in no wise cast out. Look at the love. Look at what the promise is. He says if you come to him, truly come to him, and you want to abide with him, and you, you furnish him that good ground, he says I will in no wise cast you out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which he has, which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. It's the Father's will that all be saved. And he sent his Son here so that we can. And if we will put it all into his hands and abide in him, we will be able but should raise it up at the last day. We will be a part of that that we've read and talked so much about. That we will be able to rise to meet him in the air to ever be with Jesus Christ. And this is the will of him that has sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. 
and I will raise him up at the last day. You can be a part of that. Every one of us can be a part of that and be raised up at that last day instead of being cast into hell. Let's be raised up now. Let's be lifted up spiritually. Let's have that new birth and be able to rise on that last day and see victory in Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn over and read a few verses in, in Thessalonians. This will be Second Thessalonians. <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, it'll be First Thessalonians, second chapter. Eleventh verse, second chapter, first Thessalonians. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory, that you would furnish it good ground who hath called you, who hath spread the seed for you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Listen to that. Does that sound like what he's talking about? The word, what was he sowing? The good seed was the word. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. Are we thanking him today for what he has done to him? Because when you received the word of God, when that seed was sown, which you heard of us, which Paul and the other disciples in that day and his people were preaching and teaching, and what you have heard today coming from my voice, from God through Jesus Christ, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. Now is that, listen to what he was telling them. He says you didn't receive this, something that this was something that man was giving to you. But as it is the, in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now are you believing today that the word of God has been preached, that seed, the word of Jesus, that seed has been spread to you today, and what now are you living in? Which effectually, is it effectually working in you, furnishing it that good ground? It is in those that believe in Jesus Christ and abide with him. One of the others there, he said, we read about in the beginning, he believed, but he didn't have root. And he withered away. But here, I want to work, I want it to be effectually working in me 
and believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea and in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things in your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved and to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. And that's those that was forbidding. That was those that had heard but was not accepting. And that was those that had rejected the word of God. They had killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets. They had persecuted Paul and the others there that was throughout the country in that day. And they forbidding us to go out and to preach to the Gentiles. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at, the, at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Now all these things that was taking place and something now, somehow he said Satan had hindered them from even being able to come. But what he, when he wanted to tell these people and what they were, and he says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? And that's what I want you to offer. What is in our hope today? Or our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it the Word of God? Is it the Word of Jesus Christ? Is that what you're rejoicing in today? And that's what Paul wanted these people to be rejoicing. He says, Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? And will we be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming to, in our life? For ye are our glory and joy. And Paul could glory in seeing that they had accepted Jesus. They had accepted God. And they were walking upright with Him. He could glory in that. Not in the flesh, but glory in spiritually. For ye are our glory and joy. And doesn't it bring great joy to the righteous to see someone repent. To see someone growing closer and closer to Jesus Christ. There's one other place here I'm reminded I want to read just a verse or two here in Hebrews. This will be in the second chapter of Hebrews. The first verse. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard Lest, any, lest at any time we should let them slip. Take a more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. The Word being sown. The Word being cast upon each and every one of us. Are we going to take a more earnest heed and live 
in accordance with how you would have for us to live? Or will we allow the things of this world to come in and choke it out and bring forth no fruit? For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape, he says, if all these other transgressions and disobedience, they were brought forth and taken care of and they just received just recompense of that reward. They were damned. How shall we escape, he said, if we neglect so great a salvation, how shall we escape the damnation of hell if we neglect the word of Jesus Christ? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And I have a physically heard him. I haven't physically seen him. But spiritually I know I have heard him. Spiritually I know I have seen his power and what he can do for us. And I want it confirmed unto all of you that these people here, Paul, had been in the presence of people that had seen and heard what Jesus had said. And he believed upon him. And God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. And the greatest miracle, and I know that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I have seen it. I know what it can do for us. And it's according to the will of God that you are able to receive that if you will repent and hear His Word and give it good ground. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? I want to go back to that first verse in the ending. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard to the Word of God, lest at any time we should let them slip. Paul was warning the people or the writer there. Most people think, a lot of people think Paul wrote it, but they don't really know who wrote the Hebrews. But whoever wrote it was given some excellent advice to take an earnest heed Pay attention and live according to the Word of God through Jesus Christ. 
lest at any time we should let the things of this world, the pleasures of this life, enter in and choke out the Word. But I want to end it all on this. Jesus Christ came and He paid the price so that we can stand before Him clean. He paid it so that we can grow and we can overcome and we can and will see victory. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let him get you down. But be encouraged that the power of Jesus Christ is available to you. The Word of God is available to you. Let it furnish it that good ground so it can bring forth fruit in you, spiritual fruit. Bring forth righteousness in you. Give him the praise and the honor and the glory for all that he has done for us and what he will do in the upcoming days. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing a very appropriate song. Number 14, There is Power in the Blood.
I hope that we have been able to see today and to know that there is power there, gracious and wonderful power in the blood of Jesus Christ, in his word, in his life, that we can use to overcome all and that we can use to have that eternal life. Seek it and you shall find it if you truly seek it. Praise him, brothers and sisters. And let's see victory in him. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the wonderful words of exhortation that we have been able to hear today and how that you can give us eternal life, everlasting life, through Jesus Christ. God, be with everyone that is struggling today. Help them to just come to you. Help them to lay aside that burden at your feet and take up the cross and follow you to victory. Thank you for all that you've done for us and we just beg for guidance that you be with us in the upcoming days that your will be done in us and fill us with that spirit. Fill us with your love and mercy that we are able to encourage others in your word. Again, we thank you for all that has been done. And we praise your name, the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in his name. Amen.